0: back to uncanny cinema we are going to be looking at a movie that's fairly notorious uh, was very notorious when it came out has developed something of a cult following and uh, we're sitting here with members of the cult from what I understand we are going to be looking at Super Mario Brothers the 1993 movie Super Mario Brothers it's the live-action film that has Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo. Bob Hoskins is Mario Mario, and John Leguizamo is Luigi Mario, and also has Dennis Hopper as President Koopa. A few other people, we have Samantha Mathis is Princess Daisy. Fisher Stevens, most famously known as pretending to be an Indian man in the Short Circuit film series, he plays Iggy. (laughs) And we have Richard Edson is Spike. Those are like kind of two henchmen guys. Richard Edson is most famous, at, famously known as the guy who steals Cameron Fry's father's car in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And he's been he's had a lengthy career playing a lot of like oddballs and weirdos and stuff in uh, movies. That's kind of like the the biggest people who are in this. Uh, Frank Welker, the famous voice actor Frank Welker is uh, the voice of Yoshi and the Goombas. So Frank Welker has voiced every cartoon you've ever seen since, like, 1975. He's had something on it. I know... Well, Ryan, you know your uh, cartoons, but I know, like, he's the voice of, like, Nibbler, and he was, like, on Transformers and stuff. What are some other big Frank Welker performances?
1: Oh, uh, Fred from Scooby-Doo. Real Ghostbusters. Ray.
2: Oh,
0: it's awesome. Uh, Um... (laughs) Oh, That's incredible. At the top of my head. Yeah, um, I mean, tons tons of stuff. Um, and we also have... The man's Lance, a legend. Lance Hendrickson shows up in a part <laughs> oh, that yeah. I don't know why he's there, or not that he was ever a huge actor, but I don't know, like, why they got him, why he agreed to be <laughs> in a scene for, like, 30 seconds. Um, Lance Hendrickson shows up, and then, and this is something I didn't know, Dan Castlaneta... Uh, he's the narrator at the beginning of the film. And if you oh. are uh, familiar with him, he is also a very famous voice actor. He is the voice actor for Homer Simpson and many, many other Simpsons characters like uh, Krusty the Clown and Grandpa and tons of other ones. I think he does Groundskeeper Willie. Um, he was the genie in all that. The series. No. Yes, let's let's qualify that, Ryan. He well, you're about to rock my world a for a lads. second. <laughs> all right, so that's. Uh, oh wait, that's you forgot Mojo at... Nixon. Uh, did I? Yeah, <laughs> I don't. He know was Toad. He He's I, famous,
1: I... Psycho Billy uh, star, uh, Mojo Nixon.
0: Oh yes, famous Psycho Billy. That's obviously <laughs> <Psycho> a term <laughs> that I. That's that's it's right a, there. It's a, it's a music you genre know, in in the ether all... that we all should know. Fame, fame is famous all very Psycho Billy. Uh, Specter, Mojo Nixon, um, and then yes, also there there's are, this other guy on the sidewalk who's en- a poop artist. And just- <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't listening the entire cast. All right, so uh, I'll introduce our crew here and then give some. Who uh, is the
2: gaffer? Basic rundown. <laughs>
0: What if that was like of I the head know who the Nintendo. best boy was, and it's not you, Fabs. <laughs> oh, good one! <laughs> All right. You're the best daddy. <laughs> it is 10 p.m. where I'm at. We're gonna get wild here now. All right, so um, we're gonna roll with this. I'll introduce our crew, and then uh, you know, dig into a little bit of the the structure and what's going on plot wise of this. But we have, as I said. Some fans of this film, Um, and then also everybody here grew up playing Super Mario Brothers. We're all basically of the age where that was what gaming was. I mean, a couple of us are a little bit younger, so they might have been coming into it a little bit later. But I know, like, I had uh, an NES pretty much out of the gate when they became available in the United States. Uh, You know, within a year or something, I think my brother got one. So I was there with the original Super Mario Brothers on NES and we had that and Duck Hunt and a handful of other games, you know, at the very beginning and then, you know, Super Mario Brothers 2 and 3 came out and then my cousins had, uh, like, uh, Super Nintendo, so playing Super Mario World and then Game Boy had their very uh, versions. But uh, yeah, so we all grew up with these games kind of as they originally came out whereas, like, I think now some kids might like their parents might introduce them to them and like, so they go back and they're kind of retro things. But so but we said, were, these games suck. <laughs> well, we were, we were kids <laughs> when, uh, when these came, you know, when the games came out and then when this film came out. So it's, we were very much the demographic of what all of this was, uh, was gearing toward. And most of us are still like gamers to at least some degree um uh myself I'll play you know certain things on uh, PlayStation systems and we've got a couple other, like uh you know moderate to extreme gamers and then uh we have one outlier who uh who gave up his gaming years ago but so that's kind of where we're at we you know we are not video game experts but we uh we do dabble to some degree and we do have that connection back uh to the Mario series as kids so, joining us here on the panel, we have... Oh, and I, I should mention we're doing this as like a collaborative episode. We've done this a few times with the boys at Revenge of the 90s, since this is a 90s film. So, I'll introduce them first. We have uh, the mastermind over at Revenge of the 90s, Steve. Yo. That's all the that's mastermind it. has to say. <laughs> um, we also have uh, <laughs> joining us uh, his, his partner in crime, Fab's
3: Goombasa. <laughs> nice. <laughs>
0: yes. And uh, rejoining Thwomp. us here, uh, we have uh, someone who's, who's often on many of our, our bad films, um, <laughs> although this is one that he wholeheartedly embraces, uh, Ryan. My mom was better at Mario Brothers than I was.
1: <laughs> That's always the case. <laughs> Still, yeah. <laughs> no, no, God, <laughs> <laughs> oh. no! I ob- obliterate her now.
0: <laughs> All right, so uh, so yeah, so we're gonna be looking at the Super Mario Brothers movie. Some uh, some background information. It was directed by the husband and wife team of Rocky Morton and Annabelle Jenkel. They were uh, they they did a couple. I think they did maybe one movie before this, like DoA or something. And then it looked mm-hmm. like Morton's career might have just like completely died after this. I couldn't find really much. They never uh, did
3: another Hollywood movie.
0: Well, she she ended up doing some stuff since. She it seemed like her career survived to some degree. I she probably didn't do like Hollywood movies. You're probably right, but um, but she seemed like she has like continued working, ma- like doing TV stuff, maybe mm-hmm. some like independent commercial stuff. work. Him yeah. kind of he just seemed to like be vanished. Um, but did they she they kill s- him. That is operative.
2: Are they still married?
0: I looked into that. It looks like uh, they weren't. Um, like uh, I, I wondered. I, I, I really i I was wondering if they were still married, and if they weren't, I kind of wanted to make the joke that this was the film that yeah, destroyed is, their yeah. marriage. But it looked like they didn't actually get divorced till like the mid two thousands or something. Okay, so, so she's so they, single. still. They survived the rocky road of Super <laughs> Mario Brothers, um, but still couldn't make it work, which that's a depressing thought, I think, yeah. for anyone looking for love. <laughs> but... Um, I would like a couple, like, a, a wife, to throw that out at her husband.
2: It's like, like, they they were able to make it work through this, and, like, you, you're a lazy ass, can't do this. Just to point this as, like, the main reason, the main thing you hold to during your fights.
3: <laughs> like, but, like, somebody, like, a a couple that's like really into Mario the Mario Brothers movie and she's using that as the as the basis yeah exactly that's their pantheon of like couple
0: goals (laughs) so uh so yeah so they prior to this they had directed a number of music videos they were British directors husband and wife team and they also what's most notable about them is that they co-created Max Headroom so yeah uh, Max Headroom is what put them on the map. If you're unfamiliar, Max Headroom was a 1980s kind of like parody, futuristic. I think it started as a short and eventually became a series. Matt Frewer played Max Headroom and it was like a cyberpunk kind of thing, like a Blade runner vibe where he was this robot, like virtual, virtual reality uh, persona, like a tv host or something and they would like cut in where he's like yes he would like uh stutter and stuff with a computerized voice um it was very 80s used to be on mtv and stuff but it was big in the day um and so that caught the attention of the people who were wanting to make super mario brothers movie and so they landed on them for this Uh, There were several writers credited on this movie. There were several other writers who wrote different drafts of this movie, which we can talk about later. But the most prominent writer that I saw who was ultimately credited was Ed Solomon, who was the writer for, I think, co-writer, co-creator for the Bill and Ted movies. He also did Mom and Dad Save the World, which we did a previous episode on for that one. And he wrote the original Men in Black and he wrote the first Charlie's Angels movie. So Ed Solomon has had like a pretty solid track record and like a fun popcorny entertainment. And so they brought him in on this one. Uh, this movie cost 42 to 48 million is the estimate and it made 39 million and likely would have had some significant marketing push behind it because of its like Super Mario Brothers, everybody go see this. So they probably spent like 50 to 70 million or something on marketing <laughs> for this movie. And so it didn't do well. It did you know, it didn't turn a profit by any measure. Uh, it was also critically derided. From top to bottom, across the board, um, this movie was kind of despised. A lot of people grew up watching it, seeing it on TV, and have uh, and and grew up playing the game, so just had that connection to the Mario world and stuff. So yeah, so there's definitely like kind of a cult following that's developed. And then past that, like I'll say that uh, Mario creator uh, Shigeru, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, Miyamoto said he felt that the film tried too hard to replicate the games instead of being a good film. Like, he, I think he appreciated, you know, what they were attempting to do and I think appreciated that they were trying to stay close to a lot of things in the game. But I think ultimately he thought it, like, you know, didn't totally work. Um, so that was where he landed on it. Um, yeah. And
3: the, you know, I mean, the other Sylvester thing did the score.
0: Yeah, I was I, <laughs> Steven, stealing it <laughs> as if I would not comment on the great Alan Silvestri doing this. I was, the I was for nervous for
3: a second. <laughs> I, I was nervous.
0: But yes, Alan Silvestri, the great composer who did the scores for Forrest Gump, basically all of Robert Zemeckis's movies after a certain point. Forrest Gump, Roger Rabbit. He's done the Avengers, uh, like the the last two Avengers, Endgame and... Um, Infinity War, he did the first Avengers. Um, So he did the part, um, you know, the the famous portals part where they, you know, Captain America catches Mm -hmm. the hammer and everything. Um, But most notable for the wonderful scores for the Back to the Future film series. Nice.
3: I will say that I think the theme is very good. I I think it's very uh, bouncy, very fun. The actual, like, the, the main theme, the Mario Brothers, like, theme that plays throughout Uh, yeah it's it's fun yeah i would add it to my like uh, soundtrack playlist
0: yeah i i have uh i have the score or most of the score or something yeah it's it's a fun i mean sylvestri's great at really bouncy fun scores i mean back to the future obviously who framed roger rabbit uh he did one for mouse hunt that i listen to a lot that's just like very playful it's like up there with like pb's big adventure of just like being like oh super fun playful score so yeah, like the Super Mario Brothers score is—I uh, say it was one of the better aspects of the movie. Um, it's not trying to be the games; it's not trying to be video gamey or anything. But just as a film score, and it's like a fun, bouncy thing. It definitely works. Um, okay, so uh, I will open up the floor here. What do we make of Super
3: Mario Brothers? I genuinely love this movie. I, <clears throat> I, because uh, it's been a while since I've seen it. And I do own it on DVD. And I also have the Bob Hoskins Mario action figure. I love I your weird
2: make. action movie action figure collection.
3: I, I, it's very bizarre. <laughs> Including this one. Dylan and, Walsh in Congo. Yeah, right. The 90s action figure world was a beautiful place because every movie got an Did they, make a, did an they action make a figure. Tim
0: Curry uh, Lost City of Zinge action figure?
3: I don't... They might. There's a Laura Linney. <laughs> <laughs> there is the Laura Linney and the Dylan Walsh, and uh, I don't know if there's a... There might be. But I think, you know, after seeing it again, for the first time in maybe a decade or so, I can genuinely say that I think this movie is good. Because it, there's like an infectious fun about it, and it and it has sort of this positive, sort of upbeat uh, kind of feel to it. I never think it, like, it's dumb fun, but I never think it's dumb. And for as, because the source material is pretty insane on its own. (laughs) When you think about it, it's like, let's make a movie about this thing. You're already operating at a pretty difficult position. And for what they managed to do with it and for it to be as fun as it is and somehow as coherent as it is based on everything that happened behind the scenes... I think this movie's, like, kind of a marvel for what, like, you can do with, like, a video game adaptation. It doesn't have to be... It's, like, I think so much of the time video game adaptations are, like, it has to be just like the games. And this was, like, just that weird, perfect mix to me of the game inspiration and then, like, telling this cool story that lives on its own. So, even as a kid, I thought it was fun, but watching it again, I'm, like... I'm convinced this movie rules. Yeah.
2: No, I, I agree completely with you. It, it had been probably 10 or 15 years since I had seen this uh, movie, and I liked it so much I watched it a second time yesterday. Um, I I never understood w- – I, so I assumed it was just going to be terrible because I never understood this, the, the flack it got. Um and, I mean, video game movies, they're so hard to do, and there really aren't any good ones. Uh, maybe, like, one or two. Uh, but I i just like that they tried something – just tried something different and, and bizarre. And they tried to make, it, make this strange world uh, – like, some kind of strange, semi-believable world where, like, Mario and Luigi exist. Uh, and I just love the whole – like, it it's, it's, tries to be Blade Runner and – once you get into you know koopa land, um it's it's awesome. like everything about it is so strange and cool. Um, their their portrayals on on how they they chose to go with Yoshi, how they implemented mushrooms in the movie um, just the little ba um just the way ways they put all these fun little video game things into it was just really fun. and um I know there was like behind the scenes drama, but I like that everyone tried really hard in this film. Like, all these good actors are legitimately just trying really, really hard. And so it's it's awesome to watch. And I'm with Steve. I think this movie is legitimately good. Like, I, I think I would give it a three out of four. I, I still love this movie. I think it's awesome.
0: I don't know if Dennis Hopper is trying really hard. I think he's <laughs> screaming really hard in a lot of parts. It works. <laughs> it works. It totally works. <laughs> Ryan?
1: Yeah, I, I saw this in the theater when it came out as a kid. Whoa. Really big fan. I got the toys. Well, a couple of toys. I wish I had a Fisher Stevens toy. I'd Make shoot one. it with BBs. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, and then when you get uh, you like it, you know, as a kid, because you're a kid and you love everything. But then when you get older, you start to like notice like all the like the little details, like you were talking about, like uh, the the mushrooms is like the fungus, and Mario's jumping prowess is you know with the jump boots he gets. And Koopa's, Koopa's fire breath is he's got a flamethrower. And just the attention to details, like the the jump boots, they're called they're thwomps, which is an enemy in mm-hmm. Mario. And you don't really notice, like, the, the soles of them have, like, a really, like, elaborate, like, logo on them, but you never get to see it.
0: I the saw a thwomps, prop shoe. The thwomps are the big uh, <laughs> spike things that fall down, right? Yeah. Or something else. Okay. Yeah. Well, these are, I think they call the boots, like, the thwomp stompers. So, I guess the idea is that you could jump on those or something? I don't know. Jump on things.
1: <laughs> and there's also, like, a few other, like, uh, references. Like, uh, <clears throat> when they're in Dino-Hatton, they walk by, like, a hot dog stand selling lizards and you hear the guys, like, get your, like, fried tweeters here. And tweeter is a uh, Mario Brothers 2 enemy. Hmm. And, uh, when they steal the big sludge gulper truck, the guys in the mask they take out are Sniffits, which are also Mario Brothers 2 villains.
0: So the roots That's run incredible. deep. Yeah, <laughs> and
1: you really don't notice, but toads in it. Oh, toad? You just, yeah, right. You just yep. Kind of don't recognize them. I
3: Mostly do like that they gave him like a, like a swirl test. head, kind of. That they Yuck. were like, I don't know. I guess this is close enough to a mushroom head. <laughs> I was like, here's something yeah, exactly. identifiable. <laughs> the goombas are the only thing that I've ever <laughs> thought were like way out there in this like there's a lot of out there elements to this including the fact that a person gets turned into a living fungus <laughs> which is pretty weird but the goombas are always have always been really weird to me because like like toad for instance when they turn him into a goomba he suddenly becomes like 12 feet tall <laughs> yeah and like it's just so it's so out there for the design of what the goombas were that that was always the thing that kind of if i was ever going to pick like a thing where i'm like i don't know that seems to be the one for me. Even like, I even love that they pu- put Yoshi in this as like Yo- the Yoshi, pet.
0: Yeah, Yoshi works, and the, the he's a look, good like, sim- the design animatronic. Of him is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm.
3: yeah. And also, this movie was like the beginning of they used um, a certain. I'm gonna. I don't remember the name of it, but like one one of like the CGI sort of softwares of the time. It was like the first time that was ever used in film. This is like a pretty innovative movie from the sense that it was dabbling in early CG technology which like again also you made a Super Mario Brothers movie in 1993 like how difficult that and it it still looks good too like
2: like when Daisy uh, is in the portal and uh, you like you see her face and they uh, they jump in to go into the land like that still looks pretty good for it being like early 90s compared to some stuff you'd get you know three or four years later that just feels super dated
0: Uh, on the goombas i always thought as a kid and i still think it, it strikes me odd like so they're called goombas which is obviously a name from the game and it's the very first enemy you come across the original mario brothers which are little like squat mushroom guys with little feet that like pop back and forth and so that's what the enemies in this are called But they don't really look anything like that, which obviously you really couldn't translate that easily to the Mm -hmm. screen. But what I thought was weird that the Goombas in this look way more like the Koopas do, like because Mm -hmm. they have these big rounded backs and these tiny heads. So they look like like turtle guys, which is what the Koopas are. And so I always thought it was weird as a kid of like, well, they they seem like Koopas. They're not Goombas. So it's just a we- and then some of them have dinosaur heads which is like another throat like are those a different thing or are they just different species but anyway I'm gonna go with my take on this movie here um, so uh, bit of an awkward scenario. I don't like this movie so gonna have to uh, navigate uh, that minefield for everyone here. No I mean I don't I don't hate it um, but I can't say I'm watching it and enjoying it. Uh I did see it numerous times as a kid, just when I was on TV, like USA or HBO or whatever. And I had that connection to the games. Um I think having the connection to the games doesn't ultimately matter really, other than like, oh, this thing's that thing and this thing's that. Like because there's no real story in the games, at the most it's we have an adventurer who has to save this person, has to save the princess. And so, which I think actually would have been a clear story structure to utilize if it would just been like, we're going to just kind of make this just a whimsical fantasy thing, like a fun, presumably try to go funny with it, but make it feel more like the princess bride or something. Cause this movie does not. Go really. I mean, it, it's in a fantasy world, but as I think Fab's mentioned, like there's this like Blade Runner vibe to it right. of out, of, <laughs> out of nowhere that like nobody asked for <laughs> and is kind <laughs> of confusing. Um, I, I think there's like I think there's quality stuff in here. Uh, you know, the Silvestri score, I think, you know, you do have some good actors. You know, Bob Hoskins is giving it his all to make stuff work dennis hopper is chewing the scenery with gusto so you're getting to see like blue velvet dennis hopper like in a video game movie threatening people and stuff um so you have that and then like the the production design art design um some of the practical effects and stuff like yeah some of that works it's just for me it doesn't add up to like a really satisfying movie i think a lot of that comes down to like the script and the structure uh, I will say, both Steve and Fabs, I feel that you both just like it for the preposterous fantasy of seeing Italian-Americans as heroes. <laughs> that's, uh, uh. that's where I think that comes in. But I will say, for anyone who hasn't seen Super Mario Bros., uh, my, my kind of summation comment uh, to open with is, if you wanted to see Super Mario grind on the dance floor and bury his face in a woman's breasts, this is the movie for you cuz that happens in this that is we get to see Bob Hoskins like 48 year old Bob Hoskins or whatever he was grinding on this big old lady Zach Zack awesome.
3: Snyder's Mario. Yeah. It just I don't even know man. I that all works for me. Uh, there is some some weird Oh, ma- I'm magic not too to surprised
0: me. that that all works for you. Steve. It's, it's I mean, you know. It
3: horns me up. It's super <laughs> Yeah, you know, all my Mario f- uh, erotica that I've written in the years since obviously stems from my experience seeing that scene but even aside from that I there's like a weird magic to this movie man I, I don't you know it could it be could it be that Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo were getting drunk in between takes and they were real loose during the filming could it be that Dennis Hopper was berating everybody on set and they were literally ad-libbing the whole movie because like there were so many rewrites nobody knew what script to use Like, I don't know, there's something, there's just this, like, somehow there's this vibe to this movie that, for me, it all does, it all does pay off. I, I, you know, we're talking about, like, you know, these, these really good, respected actors being in it, and giving it their all, and somehow this story kind of, like, coming out the other end, and, like, it's still being, like, a fun ride to getting there. And I don't know. There's just like this. A lot of times these like movies that like, like, for instance, like, you know, a lot of video, a lot of video game adaptations or any just movies that are just genuinely bad and you can't really enjoy even that much. It's like they're they're like a slog. They're a hard experience where it's like this. This is just tough to watch. And I never personally ever find that to be the case with the Super Mario Brothers movie. Every time I watch it, I'm like. Telling myself, I'm having a lot of fun here. Uh, it, it's like, I just, I wonder if, like, all the onset drama that leaked to the press during this, like, just created a cloud over this movie that ne- it never came out of, maybe. I, I think that's part of it. I don't Yeah.
2: Know. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think it has a nice balance of having, like, silliness uh, with some really cool action sequences, um, some good effects. Um, it, And I think parts of it are, like, legitimately funny. Like, it has one of my favorite movie lines, and it's like – that's not hyperbole. um, When they're having that, like, Italian dinner, and uh, he's like, oh, there used to be dinosaurs in Brooklyn. And he's like, there used to be dodges too. Like, I think that's a great line. Like, I think it's so funny. Um, And I think, you know, uh, the two leads they – uh, they have really good chemistry. I, I don't know if they got along. If they – maybe it developed from them being shit-faced, you know, just you're like That just is pounding. the case. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that, that that will bond anybody. anybody. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean I agree, Steve. Like I, there's this weird magic where I'm just like, okay. And, and the movie goes by like pretty pretty effortlessly in, in my opinion. I get how someone could not like this film. Like it, that's not lost on me. It's definitely not a perfect film. <laughs> Uh, but it, I don't know. Like, I just don't understand it wh- in my mind why I think it works. But I I just think it works on so many levels.
0: I just – I feel like the plot's just utter nonsense, though. Oh, yes. That's, yes, and, correct. And, and, I mean, and I some, mean yeah. and some people can embrace that and be cool with that. But for me, it's like that's always going to be a hindrance. Uh, I mean, it's the same thing, like, where, Steve, I know – I think you as well, Fabs, love the – Fast and the Furious movies, which oh, I've only least no. ever seen the oh, first. Oh yes. But when, and we're not going to go 20 minutes on Fast and the Furious, like you guys often <laughs> do on your podcast, but, <laughs> but, uh, um, 30
2: minutes, let's do it.
0: <laughs> but like when I've read about stuff or heard things described, I'm just like, yeah, I just know I'm not going to enjoy this. Even I could, if I could enjoy the spectacle of some of the things. And so I think that might be part of it is just, I need to be able to be invested in something character or story-wise. And I don't feel I'm really invested in either for this movie. I, I'm, I'm enjoying some of the spectacle and in the inventiveness and like, like there's cool, there's cool stuff. Uh, I mean, we when we watch Mom and Dad Save the World, I was thinking about Mom and Dad Save the World as we watched it. Like, I think there's a lot of similarities of like, you are seeing the people on the art production side the you know the makeup the costuming that kind of stuff like firing on all cylinders like to to try to make stuff work like nothing in this really looks like cheap or bad i didn't have any notes on like oh man that was you know that was really hokey or that looked awful how if some of it might have been used didn't totally work but i mean for one thing they shot uh, i didn't know this but so they shot it all in like uh like inside this like abandoned factory and so yeah. the the city the what was it called ryan dino hatton dino hatton which is supposed to be is like fake new york um so they they said you know they could never have if they had shot in a soundstage there's a limit obviously to like how high you can do that and you can't convincingly like make it look like a city everything's gonna be like ground level and maybe we have a second floor but here because it was in a factory they had like these different levels with catwalks and stuff that just already existed and the Mm -hmm. factory went really high so they were Hmm. able to do like literal floors to the city to make it kind of seem like this is almost like a a city with like kind of skyscrapers and give that impression so like that's cool that's cool that they landed on that and it comes across neat on screen but i for me it's just like there's so many disparate elements that i don't think mesh together in the story and then all the backs uh the you know the backstage drama and stuff um but anyway let's uh i'd say we'll definitely be talking about the some of the production problems and changes but before we do that let's just dig into like plot and storyline whatever we want to go with on that
3: it's pretty nonsensical it is yes i Um, i think the one like the thing that Gets me about uh, sort of the storyline that I was the one thing that stood out to me that I thought was interesting rewatching this was I never really thought about the fact that like everybody in this alternate dimension evolved from dinosaurs, but then also still ended up as just humans. Right,
0: right. It's <laughs> amazing. Like... I, I never thought about that either.
3: I don't think I understood I like, that. Well, all I right. I'm into it. that. Whatever.
0: Yeah. <laughs> See, that's that's cool. one thing that I, I think I didn't like that as a kid and I still don't like it where it's just just make them all dinosaur people. I think the movie would work so much better if like everybody was in like a dinosaur getup. Cause like some of them are eventually like it changed into Koopas and stuff. Um, I, so I'd Luigi rather
1: you wouldn't want to fuck Daisy. That's
0: true. Uh, but she didn't write it differently. She could be a well, human gets... that got picked up somewhere, or the Mushroom Kingdom guy could be human. We don't fucking know. Like they could, they could do whatever they wanted with this nonsense <laughs> universe. But it
3: does get into some really weird ethical stuff because then you start to wonder, like, what if like Luigi and Daisy do bang and have a oh, kid? I was only thinking start about this, that. You start this whole new like species. Like, yeah. reptile primate. It's crazy. Fun fact, I mean, that is where species came from. That's where sill <laughs> originated.
2: I mean, the, the movie does just, like, ask you to take a tremendous sleep in the first two minutes when a bunch of nuns watch an egg hatch a human baby. And you're like, well, I guess, I guess I'm guess i sitting here for this film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But who wouldn't
0: want to see Dennis Hopper in, like, Lizard Man makeup? I want that. I did like that. I mean, he No, I'm saying I want him. No, I'm saying they they did his hair (laughs) spiky. Oh, more so. Oh, I'm saying saying I think everyone – I know the movie was expensive and going over budget, but, like, I feel like everyone in the dinosaur world should be made up to look like dinosaur people. Like, they can still be humanoid. They don't have to have snouts and stuff. You can, you know, star trek it where they're still, like, humanoid dino people, but – Total Me, body
3: prosthesis. That would have been, uh, yeah, the budget for this would have ended up being, like, Avengers budget. <laughs> right $100 million. <laughs>
1: just a bunch of old Gorn costumes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I get that, though, because it is jarring to go into the alternate dimension and be like, well, wait a minute. All these people just look the same. That's yeah, yeah i are not right? Yeah, yeah there's, that? you know, there's some people that kind of look different, you know, they kind of like, cyberpunk everybody, to be like, yeah, they're in the alternate dimension. It doesn't make a ton of sense. I mean, it looks that like a cool front. place
2: to live. Like, parts of it, mm. I'm like, oh, this this is kind of, this is kind of an interesting city to, to visit. I wouldn't probably want to
3: rent there. Um, but... <laughs> I mean, you, you do have to kind where, of, like... That's where you move to live. That's where you settle <laughs> down. <laughs> I do kind of understand Koopa's desire to merge the dimensions, though, because... All they have is Dino Hatton. That's it. There's no (laughs) other, there's nothing else beyond it. It's just desert. And so his motivations to merge the dimensions and then ultimately uh, apparently enslave humanity or or devolve it, that's another thing. But I (laughs) I mean, it gets so, it's so crazy. Like, it just, like, from the get-go is asking children to comprehend, it's like asking them to, like, understand how we launched like a rocket into space. (laughs) Like it's, it's very confusing. And see, some of that is what I don't get,
0: especially as an adult where I know the Mario games are very thin on story. They were not trying to be storytelling games. I mean, they're famous for just being like platformers where it's, you know, Mario jumps to this and goes to this and gets this thing and kills this guy. Um, But at its core, you have kingdoms, you have castles You have a dragon who has taken a princess. You have a hero who is going to rescue her. Like, you have so many fantasy books and films that you can look to for reference of like, oh, how could we structure this? So it's kind of like this, you know, whimsical fantasy world. And like, so all you would have to do is, like I said, it could be Princess Bride, but you have this total fish out of water with Mario. And if you want Luigi in it, sure, he can be in there. Um, But yeah, this total fish out of water in this, fantastical world that's like you make it bright and colorful you make it look like a Disney movie like a Disney cartoon but live action and I think that is a better starting point where Ryan's shaking his head, but I'm sorry, it makes way more sense than what they that did. Movie it, it movie more, in, that oh, movie would have sucked. Okay. This movie sucks. That movie would have
1: sucked worse. Tom
3: Hanks is <laughs> Mario, my ass. I didn't
0: it, even talk it, about Tom Hanks.
3: <laughs> well, he was going to be Mario. Well, he was going to be Luigi. They didn't even oh, want him for Mario.
0: Yeah, Ryan, you <laughs> don't even have your facts. Well,
2: this is before you won his Oscar. Well, he played Kennedy. Film,
3: so. yeah, they, that would have been they, a crazy
2: one two punch. He he wins an Oscar for Philadelphia the same year Mario Brothers comes
0: out. <laughs> well, that's like, uh, that's the um, Joe Pesci thing of Goodfellas yes. Home Alone in the same yes. year. Yes. <laughs> you motherfucking <laughs> mutt! Wait a minute. Which one am I on now? Which, which movie is this?
3: <laughs> uh, it doesn't it, matter. We call, we call this, there's an alternate, again. speaking of alternate dimensions, there's an alternate dimension where Harold Ramis directed this. Yes. Ooh. And it starred... Arnold Schwarzenegger as King Koopa, and (laughs) Tom Hanks as Luigi. Like, give me that movie. Oh, I want to see that movie. Yeah, uh, (laughs) yeah, Arnold turned them
0: down, and Harold Ramis turned them down and said he was glad he did after the fact. Um, Yeah, we said uh, Tom Hanks was considered, but he had been in, like, a few flops. Like, it was Joe versus the Volcano, and bonfire the vanities and maybe something else that hadn't a uh, turner and hooch turner and hooch yeah and so <laughs> they were like yeah this guy might not be a star now and so they uh, they didn't get him and then there were a few other people um Danny DeVito, of course, was considered, and I think forced at gunpoint to originally be in it. <laughs> um, but I think at one point he may have been signed and backed out or something. And then uh, Michael Keaton was approached to be King mm-hmm. Koopa, um, oh, that and he, would have been he he also said, "No, I'm not, I'm not doing this." Not the a well,
3: well, you mentioned Ke- Michael Keaton. I think like part of the. Idea with this movie too is was they wanted to take the video game adaptation and kind of model it after the Tim Burton Batman experience. Yeah, they said they said Batman
0: and Ghostbusters were like in Batman Ghostbusters and Wizard of Oz. They wanted like darkness, like dark fairy tale or kind of thing, or you know, I mean, not Ghostbusters obviously isn't fairy tale, but like bring in darker elements and like city stuff and.
3: And also that kind of com- you know coming out of the 80s. I mean the 80s had a lot of like dark fantasy stuff. Yeah. It's not inconceivable that they would make a- If they made a movie like this now, it would be like a shocking thing to see, but this does to me fit the sort of era and the timeline of when movies were being these types of movies were made. And and why I could see somebody being like, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I know they're making another Mario, an animated movie for next year. Yeah, I believe. But I don't know if it's going to have the same soul that a movie like plot, nonsensical <laughs> <Good>. plot, <laughs> nonsensical plot aside, because it just get it goes off the rails just at every turn. Um, although it is very cool that Daisy by the end of this is like a badass warrior, I thought that was a fun I, uh, way to end it. Yeah, like yes, I think that was awesome. Like you know, she rarely. I, I think this movie actually is like pretty adept at not making her seem like a sort of one note damsel in distress. They're, they give they don't her some make her like the Daisy from of, to do. the game.
2: Yeah, she's not like the Daisy from the game. She's she's not helpless at yeah. all. She's she's a badass. I did,
0: i did see that they one of the earlier iterations of the script they brought in someone and their goal was to like make it more feminist and make the you know the female character more prominent i I think it might have even been a different name than daisy at the time but so i think that kind of survived some of the drafts so that's why i did love that that stuff
2: though like the five women from brooklyn who were just like being held captive and they like team up that was fun um a couple
0: other uh Couple other cast things. Uh, also, Dustin Hoffman expressed interest in playing Mario, so he uh, he wanted that. <laughs> and uh, Ryan was uh, chastising me earlier for not knowing the grandeur of Mojo Nixon, whoever he is, um, who plays Toad very briefly before he gets uh, goombed out. But apparently, they originally wanted Tom Waits for that role because they wanted someone like who could sing and who's like kind of like offbeat. And then I'm just picturing Tom Waits in this movie, like, ah, oh, Mario, how are you guys doing? Uh, just, just another weird <laughs> element to throw in the midst of I, everything. I
2: feel like we we were a year away from getting Vanilla Ice in that role.
0: <laughs> I mean, he had the
2: hair for King Koopa, He's definitely did. Yes.
0: <laughs> All right. So other uh, other plot things, so like. Um, Plot turns we like, don't like. Lines we like, weird stuff. I honestly like. Stuff.
2: I honestly like the like twenty minutes we spend in Brooklyn at the beginning of the movie. I think it's like a pretty good setup. Like so, like in, I, I think. Uh, whatever, however you feel about, you know. Where they end up going, in the portrayal, this like Blade Runner futuristic portrayal, I think it's like a pretty good setup to give you a sense of the characters. I, I think weirdly Daisy and Luigi have good chemistry. I thought, I thought you get some good humor with the with Mario and Luigi, and their. I like to see that they're the real life plumbing business. They have these rivals. Um, so yeah, I thought all that stuff worked pretty well. And and then I, I and I think most people would be like, yeah, that's like a fine. A pretty normal, good start to the movie, um, and then I think that's where you get the big diverging opinions. Where it's like, this is an insane version. Once they actually chase after Daisy when she's kidnapped, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I <laughs> it, a lot of it doesn't make a lot of it doesn't make a lot of sense. But I I can't believe I didn't realize until last last yesterday's viewings that that was the first time, Steve, that I did realize that. They they literally were just this subspecies that that evolved into human like oh, versions yeah. of dinosaurs. I never picked that up before. Very strange.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Like when Dennis Hopper is like, I I evolved from a Tyrannosaurus Rex. It's like, whoa. It's <laughs> like I just sit there for a second and just kind of like take that in. Yeah, your
2: brain it it, it does a lot of mental gymnastics of like, how oh, yes. could that have happened?
0: Also, Dennis Hopper has like a machine. uh... <laughs> What's, right. it, what's it what is it has it D- does it have a name just devo machine i thought or... it was a de
1: evolver the devo, the devo chamber oh, okay. Devo, okay well
0: okay so devo chamber but it can both de-evolve and evolve people and right. so he regularly is de-evolving members of the dinosaur world to like basically be like grunts brute force guys that's who the goombas are and then he takes like these two idiot cousins he has and he makes them super smart and I'm sitting there like, "Well, wait a minute. Why isn't this guy making himself super smart? Why right? isn't he super evolving himself? But also, why <laughs> does he keep making stupid people in this world? Like, isn't it to his benefit to like make sm- I mean, maybe he just like wants to keep them docile and so he can't be overthrown, but it just seemed odd like if you have this machine that can make people incredibly intelligent, one, why aren't you using it on yourself and two, why don't you, like, make a bunch of, like, dino scientists so you can figure out how to get over to the human world?
2: Yes. No, you're totally right. And I was thinking about that too, Linton. Also, like, I was couldn't stop thinking about what Koopa's family is like because now we bring in with, that he has cousins. And I'm like, oh, wait, did he have siblings? Like, what, were, what, what was his uncle like? What was his parents like? And you never get those questions uh, because he doesn't have cousins in any of the games that I know of.
0: Another weird thing with Koopa is uh, so his he's King Koopa is Dennis Hopper's character but he has overthrown the previous King who is implied to be like good and noble. Although we never get to see him talk to anyone or do anything. So we don't really know. Yeah, He doesn't even have like a scene at the end where he's like, Oh, and the King's returned and we're all happy. It's like, he doesn't he has nothing. He's just like, (laughs) they don't even
1: have to use the chamber to return him to normal.
0: Yeah. (laughs) He just, he randomly just, you know, he just comes back to normal. Um, But, uh, but he, he, so that's Lance Hendrickson. He was, I think he just wandered on the set one day and they were just
3: like, Hey, we got him randomly. He knows a guy. Can we get well, he's him turned in the...
0: into a fungus. He was de-evolved to, like, uh, you know, a ludicrous degree to, like, get him out of the way. Although, I don't know why you wouldn't just murder him. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he's, because he, like, keeps causing problems as a fungus. He, like, keeps screwing with the whole city. But yeah, anyway. takes over all Dino Heads? Yeah, yeah. He could have anything. just murdered the king, and who's going to say any different? I mean, he effectively, like, got rid of him. But, um, but that, so Lance Hedrickson's character is named king bowser and i had to look this up because i'm not like Hmm. you know super into my gaming history but i was like wait a minute well bowser obviously is who you fight in the mario games and i was like and i know that koopas are the little like turtle guys and so i was like well how does king koopa is he like a secondary villain i had to look it up so like king koopa is like bowser's title I don't know when yeah. they established that, but like he's so he's Bowser, but he's referred to as King Koopa, like the king of the Koopas. So they weirdly split that in this movie, where like it is weird, where King Koopa is our villain, and then Bowser is
3: like a good guy, Fungus Man. I did, yeah, I was wondering that. I it was it was like odd to not just name him Bowser, and then it's kind of I mean you know Daisy is a character in the games, but like Peach is always the character that. Is like the main yeah. female character in the game, so it's just—it's just like I guess they were just like, yeah, we're not naming her Peach. Like it just—I think that won't well, I think Daisy she was still isn't,
1: Toadstool back then.
0: Isn't Daisy oh. like the?
1: She's the one it, from it, Super it, Mario Land for Game Boy.
0: Well, I was gonna say, isn't she the one that <laughs> Please like educate us that uh, <laughs> that Luigi is always kind of not just in the movie, but in the games? Is yeah, they kind made of her like a Luigi's love interest girlfriend for Luigi, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and don't forget Polina. She was or Pauline. She was. So what's her? Yeah, Yeah,
3: what's her like gaming situation? Who? Mario's girlfriend in the movie, isn't she? Like, what's her name? Daniela. Yeah, does she have any? She is. She is something, man. She's a babe. Yeah, total babe. Total babe. And I. I will never forget this weird that weird scene of them floating on that pipe in a mattress. <laughs> but, like that is truly one of the weirdest things I've ever seen is Bob Hoskins like on a on a mattress with like five hot women like flying through a <laughs>
0: like slowly and, like, a floating surf scene. Yeah. He didn't know the camera was filming
3: at that point. That was just some backstage antics.
1: He thought it was the I will- delirium trimmings. But-
3: <laughs> uh, so so who's Paulina?
0: Who did you?
1: Oh, Pauline is uh, the Pauline? Uh, person that he saves in Donkey Kong. Oh,
0: oh okay, okay. Because okay. yes, Mario did originate in Donkey Kong. He was yeah. Jump Man. He was originally Ooh, they... a carpenter. Yes. Dude. And then they and then Ooh, joined they retroactively... his
1: brother. No, he joined his brother they... Luigi as a plumber in
3: Mario Brothers, where he jumped on turtles arcade and the game
0: before it was before it was Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Or the, uh, the if this yeah. movie was made
3: today. If this movie was made today, like, at the end, like, there'd be, like, they'd be, like, we saved the day, and then there'd be, like, this rumbling in New York or something, and, like, they'd look out their window and see, like, uh, fucking Donkey Kong, like, on the Empire State <laughs> oh, Building. Oh, absolutely. Here we go again. You know? And then it would be, like, Bob Hoskins would grab his belt and be, like, time to go to work. <laughs> and it would be, like, yeah. I don't know why, <laughs> a plumber would be, like, time to go take down this ape, <laughs> but... But I would say, I, the, you were mentioning the scenes at the beginning, Fabs, uh, in Brooklyn, and establishing these characters, and kind of, like, even before they ever go into this portal, it takes, like, 30 minutes, it feels like, to get into this portal, um, and it's kind of just, like, this sort of, like, light comedy for the most part up until then, because that's really where I really start to like I, like the characters. It takes its time to, like make you like Mario and Luigi and understand their sort of place and, and really emphasize that they're just like a couple normal dudes um, that, you know, there's extended sequences of Mario being an expert plumber. So you're like, yeah, okay, we need to see him, like, yes.
2: just housing spaghetti and meatballs for, like, a couple of minutes, <laughs> yeah. which I <laughs>
3: Uh, yes the depiction of Italians in this is spot on as per my experience Um, but there's a couple there's like a scene at the beginning when Luigi's just chilling on the couch and Mario and him are having an exchange and it's like this long sort of tracking shot and like it picks up Mario walking around the living room and like he goes into the bedroom and he's having this sort of it's like Bob Hoskins has like a pretty like extended line uh, an exchange with Luigi and like I thought that was like not even for like necessarily what was being said. It was just like a really nice establishing scene between the two um, that definitely shows that there's like, there's talent in front of and behind the camera. Even the, um, the director of photography is the guy uh, who did Mad Max 2 and 3. Oh, so really? there's like, l- yeah. So there's lots of crazy talent involved here. Um, and then there's like little bits of jokes for, you know, adults where like, when he, not not that kind of joke, but except for with uh, Mario getting into a woman's breasts. But there's uh, the scene where he's, Luigi is at the payphone. I always thought it was really funny. And he, he sees Daisy and he's just like instantly smitten with her. And like on the phone, there's a guy screaming that they need plumbers because like their restaurants like in desperate. They're like, bring every plumber you have. And he like hangs up the phone um, because they're desperately looking for work. I just think that like... There are little touches in this that make it just an enjoyable kind of movie where it's not just like, like so many of these types of movies are just bash it over your head. Silliness or Kitty or like, you know, there'd be like a dance sequence in this where with like there a is a, a dance, dance sequence in this no I mean like no, there's a nightclub
2: like, night sequence no, in this Linton no,
3: no, okay I'm you're talking, talking
2: about, about the Koopas about that. I'm that's talking about diversion. the elevator scene where the Koopas diversion. dance with each other that's a diversion Linton it's not a, a goofy it's, it's very
3: important to the plot it's a dance <laughs> sequence that's there's... I get what you're saying <laughs> it's strange
0: but I mean, I, I guess weird. what I mean
3: is like there would be like there there'd be a lot more emphasis. It's like what are the what are the three pop songs of the day? We have to put them in this, and then what are the what are some weird? How is Mario going to mention like these four products? You know, when he, is he when he drinks a Pepsi on screen or something. <laughs> but I don't know. This just this movie just feels very pure to me, and <laughs> it it's like I I can't. That's one word for it. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> maybe pure insanity <laughs> pure shit to some but at least it really i i think what i appreciate most about this is that this thing just swings for the fences and whether or not you like it is one thing but i i almost think you have to appreciate just just like the vision and how it came together and just i don't know it, I'll, it's, I it's mean, a unique i'll give thing. it what you said earlier of like that Basically,
0: everybody's trying. I I will agree with that. I mean, I think yeah. they know that this is like a big property. Like Nintendo has exploded, and Mario is huge, and you know this could be big for our careers, and a lot of people like this. Um, so I I I think they, on the whole, the people are like trying, you know, to to make it work. But yeah, I I don't know. I think it's just kind of like almost like a too many cooks in the kitchen type situation i mean we know like what was going on behind the scenes which we'll talk about um one random bit uh steve you had mentioned the the part where they're like on the phone which was one of my like standout moments that i never would have thought about as a kid but um the uh daisy is there and there's this like subplot which initially you don't know what it has to do with but like these women have gone missing in new york like numerous women have gone missing, and the implication is like they've been kidnapped and/or murdered, and we don't really know what that's leading to. And then eventually you find out it's like oh, okay, it's related to the you know Koopa's plot, and he's looking for the the heir to the throne for this this shiny rock that's gonna like change reality and everything. So that's kind of like the crux of it. But uh, so his like idiot cousins are abducting these women. But so Daisy randomly meets. Luigi on the street doesn't know him at all. He and his brother are there. The, their uh, vans beaten up. it's not working. Mario's trying to fix it. and Luigi's like starts hitting on her immediately of like, hey, you know, we could we could take you somewhere if you need to go somewhere. And she's like, okay with it. And it's like, I'm willing to like, all right, it's a movie, sure, let this roll out. but then, the mo- she she has this previous thing where she's like Part of an archaeological dig And these like mobsters had threatened her So like that's kind of what the movie Is trying to point to in this moment But she like looks Somewhere And I don't know if she like thought someone was Following her or she was worried about or whatever But she looks somewhere and she sees a newspaper Like a New York Post style newspaper And it's about the missing Women like it's in all like Caps in like a giant page and she looks at that she's trying to decide whether or not to go with luigi and mario um and uh and she uh i think i think they they offer a ride and mario i believe the line is step into the van like just flat out states that she looks over and sees this newspaper about missing women and then she says that might not be a bad idea. And so I'm just sitting there like, oh, time to get murdered by these plumbers. Like, like <laughs> every re- everything should make her think, oh, these weirdos who are standing here offering to take me in, in this van, this unmarked van, that uh, windowless van. Like, yeah, I should obviously get in here with them. So uh, that was just yeah. a bizarre choice, I felt. She
1: knows she's being followed by Iggy and Spike. They're the ones reading the newspaper
0: she she suspects it because she's worried about the mob but my point is it's one thing if she like glances over and sees a guy and she's like oh, okay I'm, I'm worried that guy might be following me she glances over to literally see a newspaper saying talking about women being missing she doesn't know that the mob are do, doing that for all she knows these fucking plumbers are murdering women and That's trying to true. get them in their, their van
3: well they're also just complete strangers right they're just right. they're just complete strangers it's a, it it was it's a, a like, different time yeah. <laughs> she, yeah. she Regardless of the back women when you could trust plumber strange. Yeah, that's a strange, yeah, she, that's uh, a strange she thing. She
2: falls for a Luigi like immediately. It's like she's like yeah.
3: John Leguizamo's a, a you know he's go- a charmer. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I I want to see the movie where uh, Scapelli, the mobster that you're mentioning, he gets turned into a chimp at the end of this movie, and I want to see <laughs> a movie <laughs> spinoff where it's like that's, chimp. Chimp mob. This is you want the, to see the this is chimp the prequel of the board for uh, for chimp Matt LeBlanc's yeah.
0: Ed. You, <laughs> Steve, you want to see the uh, the Simpsons uh, movie that they did, uh, Hail to the Chimp when <laughs> yes, Homer goes to drive in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do. Uh, all right. Um yeah, let's see. Uh, other plot stuff. I also thought it kind of sucked as I hadn't watched this movie probably (laughs) since like 1995 or 98 or whatever. The last time I would have like been checking out USA. So uh, (laughs) I I don't know you know, when I saw it, but uh, so it's been ages. So I didn't remember like how it ended or anything, but so there's this fight with Mario and King Koopa and he starts to like get de-evolved with this gun. And then Koopa becomes like a T-Rex and he, he morphs into it with some cgi and then they have like a robotic t-rex thing and then (laughs) nothing happens we see this like robotic animatronic t-rex for like 10 seconds real quick Mm -hmm. and then he just gets obliterated into slime and i was like that's real disappointing (laughs) i want to see him rampay i know the movie's probably all really expensive but like this is your climax We need something more than just a dinosaur shows up and does nothing.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I thought when he gets devolved to the point, like what you were saying, he gets devolved at one point to like uh, a dinosaur, basically like a dino person. You know, like he kind of has like the dino head before he gets like flung into that bucket. And that would have been a cool sequence at least just to you have him, make him
0: more animalistic or something. Yeah.
3: Like half devolved or something. I'm sure it was a budget thing where they were like, yeah, we can show this for five seconds. <laughs> and That's about it. Hopper won't wear the makeup. Yeah. That, that also could have been it. <laughs> that hopper was like, I'm not fucking doing that. <laughs>
2: yeah. I, cause with that, I was hoping like the growing, up, I knew what happened, but I was hoping when you, when they put him in the devolver, Briefly, in his eye turns, I was hoping that was going to, like, really come into play where he had this ability to, like, fully go back into a T-Rex and didn't need, like, any kind of coaxing or anything like that.
3: Yeah, nothing really happens with that. Yeah. When he gets, like, when they when they initially meet up with him and then they throw him into the, de- the Devo chamber and he, like, goes in it for one second inexplicably and then... Just comes back out normal, but then his eye blinks like a lizard, and you're you're like, "Oh, cool! I, I guess I yeah, I never really thought of that. That nothing nothing stems <laughs> from that.
1: Oh well, it lets his tongue stretch out in that one scene.
3: Yes. Oh, that's true. That's true.
1: He always felt a little uh, different.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's a very strange exchange when he does that. With the Daisy
0: like. Well, he also says, uh, I took down this line, so this is when he's, like, talking to Daisy and threatening her. And I think at this point, you don't really know what he necessarily needs her for, or it's real loose and vague. Because there are parts where it seems like, is he going to rape her? <laughs> is that, like, because he says something about, like, I'll use her later. And yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. that's not a great line to be put yeah. in after that scene. But he, he has a line when he, like, he, he sticks his tongue out in, like, lizard tongue, and he says, you know what they say about little girls, don't you? They say they never forget the first time they're kissed by a lizard. And I was like, okay, that's I a never choice. That.
2: <laughs> I wish we should Steve, we should make shirts that say that. <laughs> With a giant tongue on them. Also, I like that Coop, his, he is like, goes for people's eyes a lot. Like, when he's pretending to be the lawyer, when they, oh, yeah. uh, and then he like uh and he pretends to be their lawyer then he just like goes for luigi and just starts like trying to call his eyes out i thought i thought those were super weird choices how he would like be physical with with human characters it was very odd
0: there was a point where they they like early on when he gets knocked into the devo machine um they like push him and dennis hopper does like the worst falling backwards acting i've ever seen like he looked like he was in like an snl skit like like exaggerated stumbling like oh that's that's bad yeah
3: yeah i uh I i had something but i forgot so we can move on
0: well what are uh other plot stuff before we dig into the insane backstage drama
1: Koopa would have just been obliterated if he had invaded. Like, oh, you got a Devo gun and a flamethrower that does nothing against
3: a tank. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Their
2: weapons like, <laughs> yeah, weren't super. This is going to go
3: one by one. <laughs> yeah,
2: their weapons weren't effective against two Maybe plumbers, he could,
0: maybe like he could de-evolve, alone, de-evolve like, a tank into its uh, earlier components. A lesser tank.
3: <laughs> That's a great point. Smaller, they, sharper uh, tank. <laughs> Yeah, Koop, Koopa gets thrust into he, – he finally does get thrown into the real world and uh, de-evolves Scapelli into a chimp. The, and then, yeah, that would seem to be the extent of his plan, is that he would make a Goomba army that has – each one of them has the, the gun. And, like, his idea would be that he would de-evolve seven billion people.
2: I mean, yeah, that's going to take forever. That doesn't take forever. He doesn't have a mass way to do any of this stuff. Also, like, I like to think that people who saw him turn into a, a chimp, that wasn't, like, the weirdest thing that happened to them that day in New York. It was, like...
1: People were laughing instead of, like, fleeing in terror. Yeah, they was like, oh,
2: that's pretty cool. Like, there was a street performance I saw today, Mom. Oh,
3: we got chip guns now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like... Nobody, because, like, nobody really would have known who that Scapelli guy was. It was just, like, somebody at the dig site or something randomly and would have been like, holy shit. Because even the mobster's, like, boss? And it's (laughs) like, I don't know. I don't know, man.
0: Speaking of the Devo gun, uh, Ryan, I think you have some trivia for us on that. Yes. I have one. Well, and is also it, what it was made out of
1: Oh, it was made from the old Super Nintendo Super Scope
2: Oh, that's awesome I was hoping you were going to say dinosaur bones <laughs> It was
1: made from, yes, fossil fuel uh, <laughs> uh, I ransacked one,
3: right? a dig I ransacked a paleontologist <laughs> uh, dig site Yeah,
1: it took uh, two Super Scopes to build one Devo gun because it's uh, a lot longer than a Super
3: Scope Does it work? Did you build it for a reason?
1: Um, I was going to make a Luigi costume, but those boots are just damn hard to build.
3: Dude, I love that you would have done a Luigi costume but made it movie Luigi. (laughs) That's the most incredible thing. That's incredible. I love that so much. (laughs) That's awesome.
1: (laughs) I'd build another one, but super scopes are pretty expensive these days.
3: I wonder how you'd make the Thwomp Stompers.
1: Oh, there's a guy who made like a really good pair online. Johnny Ryan Ruckus. knows a
0: guy. <laughs>
1: Johnny Ruckus cosplay. He uh he actually built uh, made a Mario and Luigi costume.
3: That's incredible. That well, like Linton and I always say, like if they like because we talk a lot about movie props and stuff, and it's like there's always somebody on Etsy mm-hmm. who has done it. It doesn't matter the movie. It doesn't matter the most random prop of all time. If you get on Etsy, it's like oh, yep, someone did it. It's there. Yeah, Steve sure and I were literally looking sombers.
2: up during our Shadow episode, like rings from the Shadow movie, and there were tons of replicas that were made. Like oh, that's nice. a super obscure prop, but
0: yeah. you can get them. <laughs> Do they look good?
2: Oh yeah, they look real good. And there's actually yeah. a couple that are from the movie. Like they have like a letter of authenticity,
0: and I oh, was thinking cool. about
2: buying one. So, how much? One twenty-five, I
0: think. Yeah, tree fitting. That's not yeah. too bad for a, uh, you know, a, a legit prop. That's pretty yeah. good actually.
3: Yeah. Yeah, if, like Alec Baldwin wore it. That's cool. Yeah. yeah that'd be super cool. Uh, they, made a, right.
1: they made a toy version of the Devo gun. But it looks like shit.
3: I'm sure, yeah.
1: It's like blue and purple and it has like the sound chip of like every 90s laser gun with like the 12 different effects including missile drop.
3: Uh Oh yeah. The uh, the Bob Hoskins figure that I have, his accessory was a plunger gun. Yeah, so it, was, it was a. Well, a Ryan, it, you've a got little, him.
0: You've got him there, right? Little... Oh yeah, there it is. Oh,
1: there. And it Luigi is. had a wrench.
0: That's right. <laughs> do you have the? Do you have the King Koopa one, Ryan? And Koopa came with. Oh yeah, you have King Koopa. You show me this oh, Devo awesome. gun-looking thing. That's a so fireball. Cool. Show show us looks, King Koopa, kind of who looks like yeah. Donald Trump. Oh, that's... Uh, I think he looks more like James
2: Oh, my God. That's incredible.
0: He also kind of looks like Matt Frewer. Like, they made his hair kind of look like uh, Max Headroom. He's
3: got really little He has legs. a lot of weird metals. Yeah. yeah, he's
1: a decorated
0: hero from the Koopa Wars. <laughs> the
2: so Cooper
1: he would have...
0: Yeah.
2: Okay, so the opening of the movie then... So I kind of wish we would have gotten a prequel. Because he's he's in that general garb. So yeah.
3: So uh,
2: essentially he... So I'm thinking probably what happened then is he was like the, the general or the commander for the king, and he led a coup. And then that's why that woman was fleeing. A coup pa. And that's why the the woman was fleeing with the the last remaining heir to the throne. Um, so yeah, I mean, the backstory is actually fascinating when you think about the political ramifications of what Koopa did with his, his and you get what, like, she was saying You're right, earlier. right, Fabs.
0: This movie's really deep. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Well, no, what Steve was saying (laughs) earlier, you get why he's been reelected all these years is because he's promising, like, where they live is shit. So he's like, oh, I'm going to lead. Like, we deserve Earth. We deserve, like, this other portal. I'm going to lead, like, an army in there and and de-evolve everybody, and the resources will be ours.
1: And he has threatening vote Koopa posters of him holding a chainsaw.
3: That's true. There's that. There's that. And kissing a baby. <laughs> That's clearly a doll. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I, All right. I I did
3: find it confusing. The last thing I have is it was very confusing that Samantha Mathis played the mother dropping off the the egg at the beginning of the movie. Oh, so because she played I was her like, own mother? Yeah, cuz yeah, I, I didn't was like that. I I think she did because yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she did, yeah. I looked I she was did. like, "Wait a minute. What the hell? Like isn't she in this movie later?" And so later's like you have your mother's eyes, like and her face, and apparently her exact face. <laughs> All it right, so
0: uh, let's talk about some of the crazy production of this. I've got a lot of stuff on this, but I'm not sure any of you dug into it. So you can uh, tee it up first with any uh, of the insane uh, efforts that took to uh, get this movie
3: on screens. I mean, my favorite element that I read was that Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo were literally doing shots of whiskey in between takes and and they were got so drunk that like both of them broke bones in the driving sequences because of i'm sure because they were drunk so because i think like bob hoskins broke a wrist or a foot or something and he broke his uh,
0: finger and i read that they said they had like a cast painted pink on his finger through the movie but i couldn't ever find like i was looking at his hands to see if i could ever notice but i never saw anything
3: yeah, I never noticed, um, but I think that sums up for me pretty well uh, the the situation, and then Dennis Hopper, Dennis Hopper screaming at uh, the directors on a regular basis, which, like, it all seems pretty warranted when you think about the fact that, like, there were, like, re- you know, and this is what happens a lot with these types of movies, you know, there are rewrites happening on a daily basis, and no one even knows what script they're using, or, like, I'm about to say, you know say a line and then you're telling me that it's something completely different. Yeah. So it's it's like seems you know between Bob Hoskins and Dennis Hopper after this movie was made, they both just like lit up the that directing team yeah. and like <laughs> hated them. So there had to be something there. I saw it Dennis Hopper, I mean if this is true, supposedly he was Says he was so fed up
0: with the drawn-out and constantly changing production that he spent almost three hours yelling at the directors holding up the filming of the scene in Koopa's bedroom. (laughs) So just Dennis Hopper yelling at someone for three hours is, I kind of want that as an extra on the DVD.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I think they are doing, like, Blu-ray and 4K restoration of this, so I'm sure that will show up in some features. I do feel, I've always thought of this. It's not rated. That's right. (laughs) I've always thought of Bob Hoskins reaction to this, which was like, just pure rage. (laughs) Like he he says, it it was a fucking nightmare. It was the worst thing I ever did. Um, You know, Dennis Hopper did it only for a paycheck. (laughs) You know, these are these are things that like these people genuinely hated the I experience love that. of making this. I, like, he
2: did it for the he did it for the money, not the love of Mario, like me. Like what is that? Like everyone, just, it's a Mario Brother movie, man, and I love it, but like everyone did it for the paycheck. Like none of these dudes were young enough to play Mario Brothers.
0: Well, all right. So uh so since you brought up uh Hoskins and um Hopper, I have some notes on that. I did read that like I think Lego Azamos is sort of like cool with the movie. I think he just, he likes that people have embraced it and grew up with it and stuff. So I don't know that he has tons of negative things to say. And then the actress who plays Daisy has said kind of similar stuff of like, she just likes that like people like it now. And there's other people involved with the production who I saw who were basically like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of problems, but there's a lot of things that I think we did right And I'm glad that, you know, it's become a cult thing. So, like, there are definite people involved in it who have, if not necessarily fond memories at the time, I think are, like, glad where it's currently landed. But, yeah, Hoskins and Hopper, there's some interesting stuff. So, in a uh, 2007 interview, Hoskins said that Super Mario Bros. was, quote, the worst thing I ever did. He said the whole experience was a nightmare. (laughs) Um, And then he says the thing about that they would get drunk um, before uh, in between takes. Um, in 2011 interview he said uh, they asked what is the worst job you've done What's, what has been your biggest disappointment and if you could edit your past what would you change and his answer to all three was Super Mario Brothers and <laughs> <laughs> I think that same 2011 interview or maybe a different one um, he was quoted as saying it was a fucking nightmare the whole experience was a nightmare it had a husband and wife team directing whose arrogance had been mistaken for talent after so many weeks, oh their own God. agent told them to get off the set. Fucking nightmare. Fucking <laughs> idiots. <laughs> um, And then for Dennis Hopper, who surprisingly uh, didn't swear nearly as much as Bob Hoskins, um, at least in these comments. Uh, so he said in t- 2008, it was a nightmare. Apparently that's a running theme for everyone. <laughs> It was a nightmare, very honestly, that movie. It was a husband and wife directing team who were both control freaks and wouldn't talk before they made decisions. Anyway, I was supposed to go down there for five weeks, and I was there for 17. It was so over budget. Oh, my Um, God. And then uh, another interview. He says, I made a picture called Super Mario Brothers, and my six-year-old son said at the time, he's now 18, he said, Dad, I think you're probably a pretty good actor but why did you play that terrible guy, King Koopa, in Super Mario Brothers? And I said, well, Henry, I did that so you could have shoes. And he said, Dad, I don't need shoes that badly. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I buy that story that a six-year-old says that good of a quip. There's no way. I backhanded him. But if nothing else... Dennis Hopper wants to tell that story of his six-year-old burning the Super Mario Brothers movie. I mean, so you get... Yeah, that that story,
3: that one rings, uh, that one reminds me of, like, uh, the tweets I saw when, like, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. When, like, people would be like, my daughter came up to me and was (laughs) like, did Ruth Bader Ginsburg really die? And I was like, yes. And then she crossed her arms and said... Uh, Ruth Wakanda Conda forever. forever, you know it's like those those types of tweets are like in my, what in my daughters Confer- too, and you're like okay, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yes, I believe all of that. Sure.
2: I mean, you can see. Listen, Dennis Hopper is like a Hollywood legend, and he, I'm sure he he did this role. He did. I'm not sure. I know he did this role for the money, but. I'm not surprised he ended up berating the directors. If everybody had a bad experience with the directors, and he was there literally three times longer than he agreed to be, I would probably be pretty pissed off too. And I am not Dennis Hopper, and <laughs> and so like I get like I'm surprised there was no physical altercations. Honestly,
0: you're not you're not famously brimming with rage actor Dennis Hopper. I'm I'm
2: not I'm not Dennis Hopper who lost his mind in the jungles, uh, filming <laughs> Apocalypse Now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think actually, uh, I think he lost his mind with some drugs leading up to that before. Oh, he yes, was, he did. Like, yeah. yeah. He was, like, getting into character. He's an easy writer know. and stuff. Yes, <laughs> yeah.
3: I think, actually, there was a physical altercation. John Leguizamo in his memoirs said that. Yes. Uh, yeah, What? who was it that he poured hot he coffee on He says that Rocky
0: Morton, who was one of the co-directors, once poured hot coffee on an extra's head because he didn't like the extra's costume on the <laughs> set of Mario <laughs> Brothers. Jesus. Which, like, if that's true, it's like, that extra didn't have any say in what costume you was Can you imagine in. being like, that extra? You're the director. You signed up on this shit. Yeah. Go when you it. were
3: an extra, could you imagine if, like, when you were on I Pronounce You Chuck and Larry, somebody just came over and just fucking dumped a hot <laughs> coffee on you? I mean, people. in their defense, the costume they put
0: me in and I Pronounce You Chuck and Larry was ludicrous, and I probably deserved <laughs> to have hot coffee poured over my head, but it wasn't on me. Yeah, right. It should have, yeah, it
2: should have poured it on the costume designer. Extra didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean,
3: Jesus Christ. What a crazy, just like, I, again, I think it all comes back to, I don't know how this movie is even as coherent as it is. Yeah, no, it's like, remarkable. There have been, I, it is truly remarkable, but not even just, like, that stuff, but then how many rewrites this went through, how everybody just started ad-libbing shit left and right, and, like, the editor of this movie... Had to have had like multiple breakdowns. I thought
0: you were about ready to say killed himself. I thought that's where this was. Here is a
3: fact: (laughs) they went through eight editors who all mysteriously killed themselves. So Uh, on the uh, on on the script stuff,
0: yeah, there is some weird stuff because I mean I hadn't seen this movie in decades, and you know I I don't seek out to read up on the Super Mario Brothers movie, so I don't like know any of this like stuff before looking it up for the show. But, um, yeah, so there were, like, numerous iterations of the script. I mentioned one that had, um, you know, they, they were trying to bring in some more, like, feminist elements. One of the crazier things was, so apparently the first screenplay, it says, was written by Oscar-winning screenwriter Barry Morrow, who I wasn't familiar with. Well, who the, what he's most famous for is the movie Rain Man. So they got, oh, yeah. they're working on a Super Mario Brothers oh, movie, which God. is this big family, child-oriented property, and they say, let's get the writer from Rain Man <laughs> to handle this. So they get this guy, and so apparently... Um, I, this has this has sources, so I'm
3: assuming
0: this is legit.
3: Maybe that's why Dustin Hoffman um, was initially <laughs> interested. His story yeah, his story
0: the followed points. brothers Mario and Luigi on an existential road trip so similar to Mario's prior Rain Man that production titled the script, quote, Drain Man. There are <laughs> there are links to this. Um, so Morrow described his screenplay as quote a study in contrast, like Lauren Hardy or Abbott and Costello, that would have been quote an odyssey and a quest, like the game itself, and that one of the producers said that Morrow's story was more of a serious drama piece as opposed to a fun comedy, which we clearly <laughs> all wanted to see a serious drama about the Mario Brothers. <laughs> right. So
1: fear loathing with Mario. <laughs>
0: why not mushrooms why the hell no yeah okay <laughs> stop here it's koopa country um but yeah so there was that crazy aspect and i think i went through some other iterations of the script but the other thing i didn't know about was so they landed on some version of the script and that's what the directors and the majority of the cast the key cast members agreed to and they're like okay we can make this work and then that script got totally overhauled like once the deals had been signed so bob hoskins and lego zamo and uh the directors and other people were already and probably hopper were already signed for one script the script gets completely reworked they show up to the set to shoot and it's like a completely different script and story that's when they brought in ed solomon and some other people and so i guess where that happened was Uh, it was like a few weeks before shooting was to start and disney purchased the distribution rights so disney did release this movie under buena vista which they owned um so disney obviously wanted like a family friendly comedy and i think the original the original stuff had more of that batman ghostbusters like more adult leaning and disney Mm -hmm. was like no this needs to be for kids And so then ultimately and then but the directors, I guess, felt we could walk away, but then we're like abandoning our cast. So even though the director sounded awful in every other instance, like maybe in this (laughs) one moment, they actually were trying to do something positive. But so they thought, well, wait, maybe we can still kind of save our vision with like even like with what we wanted to do so that's probably where you get some of this problem is like disney had people rewrite this to be like goofy fun and whimsical and then the directors want it to be like stark gritty blade runner where like (laughs) mario's slitting throats and then you get like this movie that's just this bizarre combination of both these impulses and then it's this
3: and yet Somehow it works. I again, I don't know. and even if you don't like the movie,
2: it's still like remarkable it it's even coherent that like Lytton could recite the plot back to us even though he doesn't like the film <laughs> he could he could tell us for the most part like what's going on I... that's that's a marvel.
0: I'm not confident I can, but <laughs> I, I, I respect your, uh, your uh, faith in me. Yeah, then, the confidence, but, yeah. Uh, I, the, other, the other bit I'll, I'll throw out there is that, um, so Leguizamo also said, so in that kind of push and pull, that the directors kept trying to insert new material. He says they shot scenes with strippers and with other sexually explicit content, which oh. all got edited out anyway. Oh, boo! Like, the part where Mario was <laughs> like burying his face in this woman's breasts to get this rock back and grinding on her. There must be some great stuff on the cutting room floor of like bare-assed Mario and shit. I hope they went to like a brothel, like a weird lizard woman brothel. <laughs> it's,
1: it's like, hard to like put in Hell Coins Comes Coins to Town. A yes.
3: That'd yeah, like, Mario's, like, naked in a brothel, and he has to, and, like, one of the, like, uh, like uh the pimps is coming to get him, and he, like, thwomp stompers out the window naked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mario hangs dong. Yeah. <laughs>
3: oh, my God. Oh, God, this movie. I, one other just... uh, production thing, we
0: didn't uh, note this at the top, but... So this was the first feature length live action movie based on a video game. So it does hold that distinction and is also why they were very hesitant about making video games for a very long time after this, because it was like such a failure and was such a I think Ryan in the comments you compared Mario to like Mickey, Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Like he's just so ubiquitous around the world. Mm-hmm. And at the time he was still, you know, wasn't decades worth, but he was still like this phenomenon. And so I could understand, like, studios being like, oh, you couldn't make that work? Well, what the hell chance does. Well, like... I know
3: Metroid, they had a movie in development.
0: Yeah, Battle I was just going to say, like,
3: yeah, what the hell chance does. Yeah, like, yeah, Battletoads or, you know, mm. like Dig
0: Dug or what do they have? <laughs> well, Dig Nintendo
3: Dug. didn't even do. Th- the, la- the next live action Nintendo movie was Detective Pikachu. Yeah, it was saw like that, a that couple that's... years ago.
0: Yeah, so it's been. It was like. Nearly thirty years before they tried another live-action Nintendo movie.
3: Yeah, that's that's wild. I mean, I'm sure it'll the floodgates will open now because people approach these properties differently than they did in 1993, where you could just go make a random pitch to the president of Nintendo and be like, "I think this could work." You and they're like, "Yeah, okay, whatever. Office. Go have like, fun."
2: Oh, I'm gonna go stop by the the CEO of Nintendo's office today, and you just march <laughs> in there. <laughs>
0: i did i did it it kind of was like that i read like how it came about and it was kind of nuts where they um so the production company that did this was like fairly small it wasn't like universal studios or any like major place it was like some smaller studio and then eventually disney picks this up but they pitched the nintendo people on doing a mario movie and they said the nintendo people were kind of like uh oh, that's kind of like an interesting thing you guys you know can do that. And they 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 were kind of like disinterested. Like, um, like once it got going, they were just like, oh, this doesn't really affect our game. Just like, do what you do what you want to do. But so, but when the they approached Nintendo people, I guess the Nintendo people asked them more or less like point blank of like, well, why would we want to go with you guys if you're like a small operation versus like a major studio? And the they kind of wisely the small studio kind of wisely said like oh well you know we'll let you have like incredible creative input like whatever you want to do and then and nintendo agreed to the deal of like okay but nintendo was also ultimately like oh we don't really want to have any creative input we don't care (laughs) so like the thing that got them in the door was oh we'll like do whatever you want And then Nintendo's like, I don't know, you guys figure it out. You do what you want. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's how this like smaller production company uh, got it. I like that they just
3: Nintendo just viewed it as like like they're you know when like you're a parent and your kid is just doing like their little project. And you're just like, I'm really excited. I just I just want them to have fun. Are you, uh,
0: I'm, I'm picturing the – what's that uh, meme, the Kardashian meme with, like, the camera for, like, you're doing great,
3: honey. You're, do- <laughs> you're doing great, sweetie. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I love,
2: like, old school Hollywood stories. I, I mean, that's why I don't – you can't listen to any advice from, like, a, like, super old school Hollywood person because they're like, oh, yeah, just, like – March right up to the studio gates and tell them you want to meet with the president of the studio, and then pitch your idea. And you're like, "That's not how it works at all anymore. Like, I'll be oh, arrested."
0: I think the craziest <laughs> one I've ever heard. It's been years since I read this, but I think like Spielberg because he lived in in uh, in California. Like he grew up mostly in California. I think I remember hearing this before as a kid. He like broke onto, I think, the Universal lot mm-hmm. to just like kind of wander around and see movies and stuff. And I think because of that, eventually he like met up with some people who like kind of let him not do anything big, but maybe like kind of do certain little things around. So like he had some ins at the age of like ten because he just he just broke onto the lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he broke <laughs> on the lot,
2: and then he started like editing in one of the editing suites and that okay. no one was using when he was like a teenager. And then they're like, "Okay, yeah, you can do this." And then <laughs> you can make Jaws. And then eventually, he like met some people in television and start, started to like be able to edit. And then he was producing and directing like TV in his early twenties.
0: Yeah, he did like Columbo and he did uh, um, Night Gallery and some yeah. other stuff. Yep.
2: Things that don't happen anymore. Yeah.
0: What we're saying is, <laughs> fucking boomers. Am I right? <laughs> yep. <laughs>
3: that's the vibe i'm getting from this movie yes
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right um anything else uh, to wrap up here any other plot details or anything before we go to the recommendations
3: i don't think so i'm good yeah i'm good all we right have, we have covered this if you, you want to talk about stuff.
2: la familia a little bit from uh the Fast and Furious movies. We can talk about that. No. Yeah. I will. Few, I will
3: <laughs> state though
0: that this movie does feature George Clinton doing a cover of uh, "Walk the Dinosaur," which is pretty fun. <laughs> Open the door, <laughs> get on the floor, everybody do the dinosaur. Uh, you have George a great Jordan
1: in the Goombas. <laughs> yes, he has he's a great
0: George Clinton, Clinton and the story
2: and the with uh, <laughs> with his college experience. Listen to the. The PCU episode. PCU, of, uh, yes. Yep.
0: You have to hear oh, that yeah. one for uh, to to get that story. But all right. So would you recommend Super yes. Mario Brothers?
1: In a
3: heartbeat. Over any any other film ever made. <laughs> I I actually would. I would I would recommend it for a number of reasons. Not only because I think it's actually good, but I think it's a really cool. Weird relic of a pastime of filmmaking, and the fact that it does have sort of a cult status now. I would say if you're somebody who seeks those types of movies out, this is definitely one to see because uh, it, it definitely fits that bill. Uh, but I genuinely think it genuinely think it's fun, and especially with like a new animated Mario coming out, which will most certainly be a faithful adaptation of. That should be
2: cool, though. It'll be fun to show Malcolm. Like he'll love that.
3: Oh, absolutely! Like, Malcolm, my son's getting to an age where uh, he's gonna start liking, like, uh, you know, we'll get like a switch and we'll play like Mario Kart together. Yeah. And So
0: he'll and start. You'll get to, to he'll, he'll he'll obliterate him,
3: and I will <laughs> annihilate his ass. But I'll, try, you know, we'll go and see in a couple years the Mario movie, and then I'll show him this one, and he'll be like, "What the hell is this?" What the fuck, <laughs> but, Dad?
2: <laughs> He'll get like really into
3: the the titty
2: scene, and it'll be yeah. like. All... I was gonna say, why is Mario in her parts?
0: <laughs> oh a different god! Time.
3: Or or he or like it accidentally sends him on a big Dennis Hopper kick, and he's only five, and you know it's like I can't get Fucking him out of that. Fucking Pabst so. Blue Ribbon, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, wants to fuck, Dad. <laughs> so I don't know, but we'll see. But yes, I would recommend this, Ryan. Yes,
1: I have. <laughs> I have a photograph of me as a child on Christmas Day, putting together the Power Rangers Thunder Zord Assault Team set, while wearing my Mario Brothers movie pajamas.
3: It's in Dude, your wallet. Okay, I. <laughs> I need to go, I can't wait to, when we wrap up, to go and look on eBay for, like, the merchandise of this movie. Yeah. Because it had to be insane. There had yeah. to be everything.
2: Fabs? Um, yeah, no, I definitely recommend this movie. This, this movie is great. Um, uh, and to Steve's point, my son's already at that age with video games. Like, he's doing Fall Guys, and he loves it, but it also makes him so angry. Um, and he <laughs> he he loved the Sonic movie, so he'll probably love the Mario one. Um, but I just really like that, you know, the Sonic movie is obviously very geared toward kids. This new Mario one is going to be too, and I mean that's why Steve and I have the '90s podcast. Like the the '90s were such a bizarre decade uh, in a lot of ways, and this is the Mario, <laughs> this is the Super Mario Brother movie you get at the peak of Mario popularity, and that. That in and of itself is like absolutely remarkable.
0: So for myself, uh, it's a it's a conditional and tepid recommendation. I'll throw out I'll throw out one more one more <laughs> thing here uh, to twist the knife for Steve. Uh, Steve and I have had debates before of the merits of Rotten Tomatoes, which I'm not a big fan of for uh, for a few different reasons but he uh, he does abide by it to some degree and I did I see that this uh, this movie has a cool rating of 24 percent which I believe Steve has said he he does value the Rotten Tomatoes uh, t- rating system
3: in the past <laughs> I do je- I, I... I will say this. I can understand why this would be a critically reviled movie. A hundred percent. So, yeah, I, uh,
0: I I ultimately just don't think it works. I don't think it, like, comes together. I understand, like, you know, people grew up with it. I mean, as everyone on here did. And so you have these fond memories of something. Like, like I mean, one for me is, like, The Monster Squad. I watched a ton as a kid. I still like that movie, but watching it as an adult, it's like, man... There's so many sloppy things in this that don't work very well. I mean, there's like good stuff in it, and I that is one I own. Um, but I can like, as an adult, see that like, yeah, my my like child viewing of this is drastically different from my adult viewing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I understand like you have those connections. Uh, I I don't know if this is outside of people who grew up with it, like we would have, or possibly gaming culture. I. I don't know if this is like a cult thing or would be a cult thing for other people. Like if you're, Mm. you know, 20 right now and maybe you, yeah, you grew up playing a little bit of Mario because of your parents or something, but you've played PlayStation and Xbox, everything. You're not going to have that same connection. And then somebody drops a super Mario brothers movie on your lap. I don't know if they would be drawn to this in the same kind of cult way. That other famous cult movies are just because they didn't, they weren't there at that time and place. So I wonder if this is like a yeah. generational cult kind of thing. Um, I, I I don't know if it's going to be revisited and gone back to. And it's definitely not like a cult thing where it's like so bad you're laughing at it. I I wasn't like laughing at it being inept. I was just kind of like. Befuddled much of the time <laughs> so yeah so like uh it is a cult thing um I, I would recommend it only kind of as a weird curiosity so you know you, if you grew up with it you probably haven't revisited it in ages and so it's something to just kind of like check out some of the weirdness in it if you've never seen it i think it's worth watching just for how it's like a very clearly expensive production where they're really trying and then it's just going in like just super weird directions with so many weird choices. Like you don't often get big budget movies and because this was like, like I said, 40 to 50 mil, which in today's money is probably cl- upwards of more than 100 million, 120 or something. You know, yeah. I, I don't know like what that translates into like current studio money, but somewhere like that and you don't often get – studio movies of that level that are bonkers. You usually get movies that are like fucking cheap that, mm-hmm. where they're just throwing shit together to try to make something work or it's just some insane director who just like is, <laughs> has a vision. So you don't yeah. usually get something this big with this major a property that goes in so bizarre a direction. So I would recommend it with that in mind. That's my specific recommendation.
3: I, I like that you called it a curiosity. Like you would go into a, a random shop that would have like monkey paws and jars yes. and like a Mogwai and then also a VHS copy of Super Mario. Yeah, brothers. or you're at a,
2: a an old timey fair and it's like behind this curtain, there's two brothers and they're plumbers. And you're like, what, what is it?
0: Yes, the official <laughs> genre for this film is Curio, I believe. It's, uh, <laughs> that's what, if you went to an old uh, you know, VHS uh, shop back in the day, that's what you would find it under the Curio section. Okay, uh, wrapping up here, can I find this? So if you are trying to track down the Super Mario Brothers film, you have uh, some options... So when it comes to streaming options for this movie, it seems like there aren't many, if there are any. Uh, Usually when I look that up, there's a handful of places that have it, even when it's just a movie that's being shown for free. But uh, my panel kind of dug into it and was having trouble finding any streaming options for this. I found a site called Just Watch that will usually list a lot of different ones, and it doesn't have any listed there. And normally just a Google search, when you look up the title and streaming, it'll pop up YouTube, Google Play, all that kind of stuff. And I'm not seeing any of that. So it might be on some weird Eastern Slovakian streaming site or something somewhere, but uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. But you can track this movie down, uh, obviously, on the dark web. It's going to be out there, but it is on DVD, which may or may not be out of print, but it looked like there was some reasonable... um, editions out there of it, uh, you know, prices and everything. DVD, and there, there are foreign Blu-rays of this, so I don't think it's ever been released on American Blu-ray. There was a region zero, region free Blu-ray, so uh, if that's correct, sometimes it's not, but if it is, um, then that would be playable on a regular Blu-ray player, um, or you could, if you had like a region free player, you could get one of the foreign versions, but Steve mentioned earlier that There is like a 4K remastering in the works, which sounded like it was like being fan done, which is weird, but being kind of overseen by one of the original, you know, people who worked on it. I don't know. I think they're going to try and finish
3: some CGI too. Yeah, they were going to try and like finish some of the original stuff.
0: Yeah, I didn't read tons about it. It's weird, like because I don't know if I've ever heard of like a fan. Obviously, there's plenty of fan push to get stuff put onto Blu-ray and 4K, but I don't know if I've ever heard like a fan project that would be officially released. Um, I kind of wonder if maybe this movie has been intentionally buried because if it was if it was released by Disney, they might technically still own the distribution rights. And so maybe they're like, we don't we don't need to put this out. We don't don't (laughs) care about this. I mean, because realistically, if if they have the distribution rights, they might outright own it. Other than, you know, Nintendo owning the characters and stuff. So, like, this could be something they could put on Disney Plus, possibly. I was said
3: I was thinking, yeah.
0: Um, but it's not. Um, but maybe it's because of the breast scene uh, or, or other things. Stick it in the vault. But yeah, so I, I don't know where the rights for Disney.
3: I don't...
0: Yeah, I don't know where the rights fall on any of that, or maybe the rights reverted back to Nintendo, and Nintendo intentionally <laughs> wants it to die and uh, never see the light of day. I don't know, but um, it is out there. It can be tracked down, and there's like VHS copies, obviously, but uh, it's not the easiest movie to find compared to some of the things that we have looked at. All right, so that uh, wraps us up for Super Mario Brothers. We are going to be going with a straight-up recent horror film this time around for, uh, for our next outing. Uh, we're going to look at The Autopsy of Jane Doe. So we'll be, uh, which we mentioned actually on an episode a few times back, uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe, and that has Brian Cox. So we'll be looking at that coming up next. See you then.